Hey everybody, I'm Theresephine Millies, and this is Ninth Arcana, a tarot podcast. Okay, buddies, we're doing it. Today's the day. We're going to talk about the fool. So before I actually start talking about the card, I want you to open up your phone and look at it in Spotify or in Apple Podcasts. You're going to see the album art. And the album art, every single time I do a card, will have all the cards on it. So you are able to see the card that I'm looking at. Um, I use an iPhone and I use Spotify on my TV and on my TV, it's going to be a lot bigger and I can actually look at the card. If you want to see a little bit better than just the album art on your phone, you can go to my Instagram, Ninth Arcana podcast on Instagram. And each time I upload a podcast, I will also add uh, a post about the card. So each individual card you can actually go in and zoom in and look at. When I first thought about this project, I thought that I was going to be doing a private journal. And then I was like, well, I might as well put it up on live journal. I did a hundred day project that way this year and I really enjoyed it. And then I was writing it and I thought, I don't read cards like this. I read cards with my voice. And then I realized that this is a podcast and I don't know how to do a podcast. So I figured it out while figuring it out I pulled cards about the podcast and I grabbed a deck and was thinking about this podcast and the fool fell out and I shuffled and I got the fool and I shuffled and I got the fool three times over about a week and a half I know that I don't want to do this like here's the first card here's the second card and here's the third card because that's not how you learn you learn doing it organically and as organically as I can get after spending a month, probably four, 40 hours total figuring out how to make this thing is that at the end of writing out the card, I pull a new card and I think of it as these are messages from me. So the fool is my message or was my message to do this and to make this. So he's where we start. He is also where the major arcana starts. So we have the majors and the minors. Um, the majors are sometimes called the fool's journey. Its number is zero. So people think of it like the character that you're playing while you walk through the world of the tarot. It's called the fool's journey and it's always compared to the hero's journey. The hero's journey is a literary device. It's a hero who goes on an adventure. He is victorious in a decisive crisis. And he comes home changed and transformed. This is Star Wars. This is Harry Potter, The Matrix, Lord of the Rings. It's Shrek. The hero myth pattern was popularized by Joseph Campbell. It was influenced by Carl Jung's analytical psychology, which is interesting because Carl also had thoughts about tarot. Carl Gustav Jung, 1875-1961. If you have taken a psych class or have read a book about dreams and symbols, you have heard of Jung. He is a Swiss psychiatrist. He's a psychoanalyst. He founded analytical psychology. There are entire books written about Jung and the tarot, Jung and dream symbols, Jung and the unconscious. He's a big deal. Here's what he said about the major arcana. 
there are sort of archetypal ideas of a differentiated nature, which mingle with the ordinary constituents of the flow of the unconscious, and therefore it is applicable for an intuitive method that has the purpose of understanding the flow of life, possibly even predicting future events, at all events leading itself to the reading of the conditions of the present moment. That's one sentence. He said that. It's just interesting. The mages are archetypes. The first one's the fool. I pulled the card three times. This is where we start. So without looking at the cards. The card is about beginning. It's about not looking before you leap. It's the hero on the journey, but he's a young hero. It's like Harry Potter before the owl showed up and Hagrid took him to Hogwarts. It's Luke on tattooing. He's blissfully unaware. The fool is on the edge of the cliff and he's fine with just walking off of it. He doesn't even know that he could get hurt. The first card's from my favorite tarot deck, the Aquarius Tarot. This is the deck that I've read the most from for the longest amount of time. It's the deck that I have on me all the time. I like it because it's not a recreation, but it's a simplification and a redrawing. There's bolder colors, it's prettier. But having said that, on this card, there is a woman. There's not a woman on the Waitsmith card. This is a woman. She's looking right at me. It kind of feels like a dare. Like, are you, are you coming? There is purple and orange and gold. These are the colors of creativity and confidence. She has her little white dog. He's the color of innocence and newness. I think of white like a clean whiteboard on the first day of school. It's just ready. Her tunic is green, the heart color. She's standing on purple. The color of the wise self and the intuition or the unknown. It's a mystic color. Purple means the void. It means anything can happen. She has all she needs with her. She has a little gold rose, her companion, and her sack. The zero on the top of the page means before. The universe before the Big Bang. It's potential. It's unknown. It's possibilities. And looking at this card, I realize that it also means commitment. A ring makes me think about a wedding. And that's new. Um, at a wedding, you make a promise. You confidently walk into your future and you wear a ring as a symbol of your vows. It's a commitment. This card is telling me that I'm making a commitment to the unknown. That I have everything that I need and I can just trust and walk off the cliff. All of the yellow and the gold and the gold rose says that I can be confident in my commitment. Years ago, I did a meditation on spirit guides. It was super realistic and it was really intense. And one of my guides gave me gold and the other gave me a rose. The next day I'm in a dressing room trying to close. And in the corner of the room on the floor, there's a rose brooch made of gold. It was the exact same brooch that my husband and I gave our mothers to wear at our wedding. It must have gotten attached to me somehow from where it lived in the ceiling of her van because I hadn't been in her van in weeks, but it was her brooch. But it fell out of my coat 12 hours after I had a meditation on two spirit guides giving me gold and roses. And I couldn't remember when the last time I had been in her car was. And then it fell out of my jacket or off of my jacket or in this random dressing room. Gold roses, they have personal significance for me. I have, you know, a meaning in there. Next one is the Waitsmith. It's super similar to the Aquarius. The yellow is more yellow and less gold. He's looking up and to the left. He doesn't know or care that I'm watching him, but he's also not looking at the ledge. 
He's dancing on it. He looks like he's like, he looks like he's dancing. He's carefree. He's holding a white rose. Loyalty and purity. The same as the dog. We have blue mountains. Blue is the color of the throat chakra, meaning use your voice. His yellow boots say that he walks in confidence. We have the Morgan Greer. This deck is created in a way to feel more intimate. We don't see the cliff, but we see the edge just to the side of the fool. I feel like this card is more about his feelings than his actions. He looks out and up slightly. His chin is up. He's confident. He kind of looks like a soldier, like he's going to salute. He has his dog and his white rose. He's a red feather that is also in the Waitsmith and in the Aquarius, but it's just much more obvious here. Red is the color of the root chakra. Red means grounded and strong and stable. It means power. But that being said that he's powerful, he's not making a rash decision. He's not stupid. He's ready. There's blue and yellow all over the card. There's even more here. Equal parts trusting and using your voice and being confident and knowing yourself. The colors in the background of a card make me feel like that's the like underlying emotion. The mythic tarot. The fool does not have his stuff. <laughs> he looks kind of drunk. He looks like he's going to fall off instead of walk off. He's looking up at something. His whole left leg and most of his right foot are already over the cliff. Um, he has a hawk with him, which makes me think his companion is watching him. He's making sure the path is clear, but he's more of a watcher than a friend like the dog. In this card, you can see the journey, the mountain, and there's a very long walk in his future. It's also all earth tones, and that makes me feel like he doesn't really know what he's getting into. This is a much different feeling from the other cards. But the sun is coming up in the right, so it's morning. So it's a beginning. The wild unknown. The zero is... It's back on the top of this page. It hadn't been on the others. This is a small bird. Looks like a duckling. The yellow in the background makes me think that the animal is yellow. So a duckling. Um, he needs to work up courage and curiosity to leave the nest. Ducks usually live in water, but wood ducks nest in trees. He doesn't have an option to stay in this tree. He has to fly at some point. But he is able to wait until he's ready, until he's confident. It doesn't feel like there's the same sense of urgency. But he's ready to try it. His little foot's off the branch. He doesn't feel a sense of duty like I see in Morgan Greer. But I think it's just curiosity. The Line Strider. Here the fool is just the person. There's no background at all. The only thing colored in is sort of the outline of the person. The striking thing is that he has all of his stuff. His satchel and his bird friend. This bird feels more like a companion than a guardian. Unlike the bird in the mythic, he's blue. The figure isn't drawn in. He's not complete. He's still a pretty clean slate. He is marching to the edge. His knees are high. He's ready for adventure. He's ready to do what, he's, what he has to do. But he's not colored in. He's pretty much half unfinished. You can't see what his body looks like or his face looks like. You can only see the outlines. And I feel like that's really significant. He does not know what's going to happen, but he's still very confident and he's going. The Holly Simple Tarot. This creature is engulfed in blue. He's looking up at the sun and waiting for the edge. 
I feel like he's waiting for directions or for the next step or for like his confidence to kick in. He has the sun to guide him. The yellow is his own self-assuredness that will guide him. The sun also signifies having all the information. It's illumination. He's only his white rose, the symbol that shows he's pure of heart. The sun is on the left side. It's starting to go down. So maybe he's running out of time. This guy isn't dancing. He's not drunk. He's not even really on the edge like all the others. He's, he's ready and waiting for directions. The Luna Soul. This card sticks out because it's the only one with the alligator on it. The alligator could represent Sobek. He's called the Lord of the Waters. He's thought to have risen from the primordial waters of noon to create the world and the Nile was made from his sweat. This makes me feel like this journey has a more metaphysical and deep meaning that the alligator that created the world is joining you. You were created in the primordial ooze and you have just crystallized on the mountain ready to take your human journey. The fool is glancing to the right, to the future, but he's walking towards us. My takeaways with all of these cards, like the idea that I had at the beginning is always different than at the end. When you pull cards for someone, what you think is about to happen is usually only about 30% of what is actually about to happen. And my suspicion was always that in looking at multiple decks, I can sort of combine them in my head and all of the symbolism and information that I get from all the decks can now sit and wait to be pulled out. Um, my takeaway is that the fool is not stupid. He is prepared. He's been trained like Neo when he learns Kung Fu. He's new, but he's ready. His confidence is 100%. He has a strong voice and he should use it. He is not afraid of jumping off the cliff. He has to trust it. And even if he doesn't trust it, he has to know that this is what he has to do. So some cards are curious and some cards are a sense of duty. And that those changes and like little intricacies of the cards are why you pull more than one. Like you do a spread of three, you don't just pull one card. And that is the Fool Major Arcana with eight decks. Next episode, we are going to be talking about the Ten of Cups. Please don't forget to find me on Instagram and pod page as Ninth Arcana Podcast. You can send me a message or a DM and let me know what you think about what I'm talking about. Do you have something else that you would add? Do you have questions? Is there something tarot specific that you want me to get into and spend time talking about and do an episode about? I can totally do that. Um, tarot is meant to be spoken to someone. So I'm sort of imagining like a conglomeration of people in front of me that I'm reading these cards for. But if you actually give me like a thing, I will take it. I will use it as part of these readings. Okay, now it's your turn. Go find your deck, pull out your fool and see what you see. Bye. Ninth Arcana is created, written, produced and edited by me, Teresa Fien Millies. Thank you for listening.